hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Saladcast this season with myself, Glyn Price. And as usual, I'm joined by Ollie Warner. Just the one game to talk about this week, Ollie. But it was quite a busy and interesting game, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a good job. I think we've only got one game to discuss this week because the first <laughs> half um, was probably one of the most action-packed first half or even any half we've had this season. Yeah, it definitely was, wasn't it? And as such, with one game week, we uh, have managed to get another guest to come on, um, Lauren Edwards, who we've been trying to get to come on last season, but couldn't get our schedules to meet. So yeah, Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much. No problem. And um, we usually do this, don't we, Ollie? We do kind of get to know our guests, so we better just start by asking you the number one question. When or how did you start supporting Shrewsbury Town? Well, I went to Wembley in 1996 Ah. uh, for my first game. I went down with my mum and my dad and my brother. And um, I've been hooked ever since. Ah, there you go. And that Wembley curse has still not been broken, Lauren? No. <laughs> so, I even tried missing it a couple... Well, the first game for the um, Johnston's Patriots, yes. if it isn't. Um, I even tried missing it, but it didn't work. No, so. we tried that, didn't we, Ollie, for your, for your wedding? And we, yeah. didn't break, we didn't break the didn't curse work. either, did we? So it's not our fault. We, can, no, we know that, I don't we? No, can safely say that. There we go. Um, and yeah, so you say first game was that Johnston's Patriots, obviously 1996, Dean yeah. Spink and Mark, Mark Taylor and all that. So... Is it a player from that era who's your favourite or is it someone more modern? Well, I found this quite tricky because I was kind of thinking of the different players over the years yeah. and a lot of them, my favourite players, attached to different memories. Mm. I think one of my favourite players to watch is probably John Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I always liked Dave Edwards the first time that he was here and obviously him coming back and <laughs> returning to his boyhood club has been quite nice to see and I think he's improved massively this season he's, he's been fantastic hasn't he and yeah I think that it's funny Dave Edwards can be a hero for like people of our generation Ollie and Lauren and then obviously my kids are now starting to have him as their favourite player it's, it's a fantastic story the Dave Edwards story isn't it really we do talk about it a lot but it is great yeah it's great for him to come back I think it's great for um, the community team as well isn't it to have someone who's a, yep. a legend and also someone who's played at the highest level of the game which is just fantastic and another good performance from Dave this weekend yeah, that is one positive we can talk about the game, isn't it, for sure. And um, and I guess with a lot to cover from the game yesterday, I think we should just jump into it, Ollie. Rogers, good cross into the box, low! And low tucks it past Brock for the equaliser. So, Shrewsbury Town 2, Oxford United 3. Yeah. Uh, not the result that we wanted uh, after a fantastic start to the game. Shrewsbury Town um, scored their two goals in the first half. Uh, Oxford made it um, 2-1 at half-time. And then they managed to to get the the final goal um, to make it 3-2 with two minutes of normal time to go. In terms of some stats, it was the 50th game for Roshan Williams, which is great for him. And I think his move to Shrewsbury is is basically bearing fruit. um, And Mm. it's maybe a good lesson as well for players that are on the fringes of of big teams that are not going to make it. Go and play league on football and you'll get some games. Um, So that's working out well for him. We actually scored our first goal (laughs) in the first 15 minutes for over a year. And the first time we scored in the first 15 minutes this season. Attendance was 6,474. Potentially, this was actually accurate for a change. Um, (laughs) And there was 928 from Oxford. Yeah, I'm not not sure. I get served so quickly at the the, the drink thing underneath the kiosk these days. You never Mm. used to be able to get served, and now you can, so... I'm not sure, but true. It's been a bit sparse recently, hasn't it, Lauren? Some of the attendances. It's been. It was a. If it was six thousand four hundred, it's quite good to see it back above six thousand. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's, it was a big, big difference. I thought compared to the previous two Tuesday matches. Yeah. Where they said it was around at about five thousand, <laughs> but then there was a lot more empty seats, so it was quite nice to see that block number one and block two certainly looked fuller. Whether that yeah. was a reflection on the community's day and more schools getting involved, I'm not sure, but it certainly seemed that there was a lot more people there this week which was nice to see again yeah, and they got a decent match to watch yeah it's a good observation actually the community day we didn't really mention that in the agenda Ollie but it's always a, a fantastic day for the club in terms of 
of getting what they do out there in terms of the variety of clubs they, they have for different types of people playing football, but also the stuff they do outside of that. There was obviously kids at half-time doing a big warm-up on the pitch, wasn't there, as part of one of the groups. And it is worth just reflecting really on the absolutely amazing work that Jamie Edwards and his team do do. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think that stat that, um, you know, when Brian came in, um, you know, um, let's say more elderly and, and fans were the kind of the the biggest group <laughs> and now it's 10 to 20 year olds is the biggest yeah, group which is great. which is fantastic and hopefully means we could actually actually build the fan base you know not just maintain it but actually build it but yeah i think it's just um, credit to brian um, um the chairman but obviously the community team are doing a fantastic mm. job and it's good that obviously you having your kids going obviously we can share that insight as well the experience that those guys have oh. I mean, I should. I didn't mention this last week, but I think I mentioned about um, you know the, when we had the floods at Colum School. I've been writing letters to all the local shops because it was part of their sort of um, English written stuff they were doing. But they had previous to that, all the kids in Colum School of Year Five, I think, had been writing letters to anyone they wanted in the whole world to see if they'd get a response. And my daughter did write one to Shrewsbury Town. You know, obviously the the uh, it's rubbing off on her, isn't it, being a fan of Shrewsbury Town? <laughs> She's going to all the games. And and to be fair, last week she got a letter back from Dave Edwards, signed photograph and a really nice letter asking, answering all the questions he'd asked and it had come through the community team because that's where the letters go for that. So again, just another example of the sort of thing where she's sat in her class, she's opened up that letter and, and everybody is in her class has seen it and seen that she's retired her you know, in the town. And I think, you know, for me personally, having had kids, it's it's a really good thing to see. And it stops all these other kids who've had generic letters from Man United Liverpool saying, we're sorry, Trent Alexander-Arnold is too busy to respond to your letter. And, they, yeah. you know, they got a specific one. So, again, just another thing to add to how well the community are doing. And it, it, it is great, isn't it, Adelon? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of the things I remember when I was a kid. We got a visit from um, Kevin Seabury when my oh, brother yeah. was in hospital. So it makes such a difference, the players getting involved and you having access to the players because they become more real. You're not just watching it on the telly and you make your heroes mm. that way. So it's important for the players and important for the fans as well to have that connection between them because it makes going to the matches more enjoyable because you can see your heroes a bit Definitely, More real, yeah. I suppose. Especially at the lower levels. We've yeah, always said definitely. that, haven't we, Ollie? And, and I've reflected on my visit from Dean Spink when I was a child. So there yeah. we go. Um, but in terms <laughs> of players, Ollie, it's probably worth just looking at who actually played yesterday. So interestingly, for the first, well, not the first time this season, but one of the very few times it's happened, there was no change from the previous game. So Max O'Leary starting in goal, a back four of Williams, Ebanks, Pierre, and Beckles. Vela and Edwards as the sort of more defensive or, or sort of deeper defend, uh, midfielders. Laurent then playing behind a doe and a sort of Lang and Cummings off him as well a little bit. So, yeah, sticking with the four at the back, Lauren, it's probably worth just asking you really before we start going through the, the team selection. Have you been pleased with the move from five at the back? Relieved. <laughs> Relieved. Because I think it's just brought a different dimension to the team. I mean, I thought um, Laurent was particularly impressive yesterday mm. in the fact that he seemed to be sitting more forward of the middle three compared to, I think, Edwards had been playing that role in the previous yep. few games. But it's also just given us that attacking impetus to go forward, to try and take the ball forward, and we've created a lot more. Five at the back was getting a bit tiresome. And at yeah. the beginning of the season, it was something that we were so strong with. We were good defensively. The wing-backs were working with Love and Goldburn, but then we went through quite a rocky patch, and I just think it needed changing because it, it was getting... Stale. The same mistakes were just getting boring week in, week out. <laughs> Boring's a word we've used a lot, isn't it, Ollie? And stale. And I think that's fair what Lauren said there. And and, and you were, you were, I think we were talking, and, and you know we've talked about the change at the back last week, haven't we, Ollie? But 
it's also the fact that Ricketts is starting to make those changes Lawrence talked about in the midfield areas to try and bring a little bit more out of players on a sort of week-by-week basis. Yeah, I think obviously playing four at the back gives you a bit more flexibility. We did see yeah. some flexibility playing five at the back with three up front and you know two strikers and a number 10 occasionally. But um, yeah, you mm. can certainly make a lot more subtle changes. You can go from a yeah a 4-4-2 to a 4-1-4-1 to a 4-2-3-1 formation. So yeah, you can make lots of changes um, without having to... Yeah, just just three at the back is just is just quite prohibitive, isn't it? In terms of, and it's interesting. We've often commented um, with the group of pl- guys I listen and sit to the games with that often it sometimes it feels like the opposition have an extra man. Yeah, but actually, it felt like we was a very balanced game um, until obviously the sending off on Saturday, mm-hmm. and we look a lot more balanced. Um, and everyone around me was saying that. So Chris, Phil, Callum, um, we're all agreeing that it's it's a lot more balanced and it's, it's a lot more entertaining. I think you know, obviously, not not a change in the team. And I went to Bristol and we talked about that last week on the podcast, which was an encouraging performance despite the conditions and, and the quality of the opposition. I suppose you were there, Lauren, as well. No, I actually gave it a miss. Oh, did you? For, oh, okay. Uh, the first time in a few years, yeah. yeah just there you go. Recent performances and the weather. <laughs> it was very unlike me but yeah I've already explained how I made my children stand out on the terrace in that terrible weather so I'm sure child <laughs> services will be in touch at some point Ollie but um, yeah it, I think the one thing that when people do look at that starting lineup that's being questioned is why are Williams and Beckel starting a right and left back when Definitely. we have right and left backs and is that something you've sort of thought about yeah it, at first it was a bit of a surprise I think they've done well mm. um, and I think it did show a little bit when we made the change with Pierre yesterday uh, and they put Beckles in and Goldburn on. I actually preferred the back four as they started mm. rather than when Goldburn came on. But I think that was just they were a bit didn't really know what their roles yeah. were a little bit. But um, I think it is strange. But then I think Williams has done quite well other than a couple of mistakes, which obviously we'll probably talk about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and ahead of at Liverpool, which we don't want to talk which about. We still, won't we've talk all about forgotten about Ollie. But yeah. well, I mean, the start of the game was a bit interesting. Ollie, they came at us pretty quick, didn't they? <laughs> So yeah, it was a bit of a scare. So the last few games we've been talking about, you know, um, calm starts, um, but this was not calm. This was a f- we had quite a few scares. <laughs> we yeah. had a scare in the first minute. Um, Oxford had their first attack. Back- Beckles was out of position, um, allowing um, allowing the, the opposition to get forward. Then there was a basically a really poor cross. The striker couldn't control the ball, and we managed just to kind of kick the ball away, and we were lucky. And then a few seconds later. Um, basically, we had O'Leary nearly collided with Matty Taylor, and then Taylor start, start, kind of just fails to get it on target. And yeah, yeah nice. it was it was not I mean, a good start. Yeah, he hit it over way into the south stand, kind of threatening the uh, the fans in that stand. <laughs> um, but I think it's fair to say that Oxford started quickly; they were sharp. Yeah. Um, but I think also it kind of had a bit of signs of things to come where Oxford's were kind of fouling us and we didn't get anything from the ref. No, we're going to go. I mean, do we talk about the ref now, Ollie? Is it worth just getting all of that out of the way? I think we should wait to the red card before we really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I think but, so. Um, I, you know, when I sat there, Ollie had been very positive about um, Oxford on the podcast last week. And I was thinking, Ollie was right, Oxford are pretty good here. And I, and I was fearing the worst during that opening period. But to be fair to town, you know, once they kind of settled through that opening period, they did, they did settle down a little bit, didn't they, Lauren? Yeah, it was it was just a very nervy five first opening five minutes, and you mm. kind of thought we were in for a, quite a long afternoon. You wouldn't have thought that it would have opened up as much as it did with Salop really getting into the game and attacking and looking quite comfortable up until the red card. So it was interesting how their game changed after initially coming out. It almost looks as if they just wanted to score yeah. as quick as possible, and then sort of see what happened. But they didn't get that opportunity and. Mm. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What do you put that down to, Ollie? Do you think because sometimes we see teams who will have that as a as a specific tactic, like Lauren just said there, where a team will just go out and think, right, we'll have a big five minutes at the start, see if we can catch a team cold, and then we'll sit back a little bit or we'll try and play our normal game. Do you think it was that, or do you think Town just were a bit slow to get going? What, what, what do you think it was in that opening five minutes? 
Um, I think it was just Oxford are on, you know, on a good win. They're a very confident Confidence. team. They're having yeah. a good team. They've got some really good players in their side. Um, and I think they're just playing their game. Um, they've scored um, over five goals a couple of times this season. I think they're just wow. an effective team and, yeah, just try to get forward as quick as possible. Dreamy. <laughs> I'd love for that to happen. But uh, to be fair, I say we did get into it as soon as it got to about six, seven minutes on. Had a bit of possession, didn't we? Passed it around. There was yeah. that, that moment where Cummins sort of cut in and had a shot. Couldn't quite find a place. There was a few little flashes of moments. Um and then, yeah, and it sort of went from there, didn't it, Ollie? I mean, what stood out from you in that next period, really? Yeah, there was a few like, bits of play. We were playing direct football, but I definitely have to say, give credit to the management team. We looked a lot more composed on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, in, when we, we were a bit critical of when they moved to the back four in the sense that we were just playing basically just hit and rush. Um, but it's definitely fair to say that there's definitely be some, you could see the progress the team had made in a couple of weeks playing this formation and the train, the work they'd done on the training ground was having, uh, basically we've seen some benefit to that because <laughs> players are making runs and we're playing balls. So Pierre played a beautiful ball at the top for Cummings, showed a really, really good pace. And then this is the bit that's a little bit frustrating when, yeah. you, have, when you have Cummings playing um, as a right winger, that he had no intention at this in this attack <laughs> to do anything but shoot. The first one he did was quite a good shot and a decent effort, but this time he was running into a crowded box. And he really, for me, he's a little bit too selfish in that that one play. I mean, that's that's him all over, isn't it, though? From what I've seen in pretty much every game, he never gets his head up. He, he is the ultimate forward, isn't he? He wants to shoot every single time. He he won't get his head up and look for that pass. But, you know, it's probably the reason why he's got a lot of goals in his career, I'd imagine, Lauren. Yeah, definitely. And I also wonder why sometimes Cummins doesn't go come down the middle in the Udo role mm. and see if you could swap that around a little bit more. Callum Lang's doing well coming in from the left. So why Cummins, I would have thought he'd be the more natural yeah. centre of the three. But it, he does he does get a bit selfish sometimes and takes <laughs> it. But then he's a good finisher. And there have been times this season when, particularly I go back to Liverpool game, when Wally had those chances, you'd have loved yeah. Cummins to have them chances in the first half. Where, he definitely yeah. buried them. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I think Ado just has a bit more strength, doesn't he? And we'll Possibly. obviously come to that as we go through the game, Ollie. It is something that he's he's diminutive in some respects. And but the strength he's got is pretty surprising, Ado, isn't it? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think he's mm. he's, he's more of the natural target man. Yeah. Um, I think if um, Jason Cummings is to play, he's probably going to play up front in two. Um, and he's doing all right, you know. He's, he's not saying he's, he's terrible in that role, but sometimes I think he just needs to look up. But in his defence, um, he did actually do that. So a few minutes later. He gets the ball and he just plays a really simple ball over the top. It's a bit of a nothing ball, really, um, over mm. the top to yep. Udo. Udo basically kind of controls it, shows superb strength to hold the central defender off. And he just wants to get a shot on goal. And yeah, yep. it's an absolutely superb finish. Um, gets the ball into the box. An absolutely superb forward play, and just shows what um, a doe can be if he's playing with confidence. And it was a, it was a, you know, it was a good moment, wasn't it, Ryan? Yeah, we we joked at the start of this by saying first time scoring fifty minutes, but it's been so long this season scoring in the opening goal early on. It did feel like a big moment. I mean, we made the comment um, after the goal. It was nice to see a goal down our end of the pitch, <laughs> sitting in block eighteen. There's not been many times this season yeah. where we've seen a goal in front of us, so it was quite nice to see one <laughs> celebrate, uh, celebrated down our end. And I thought it was a great finish because he he did well to. Control control it but he also hit it down so it bounced up so it made it quite difficult for the keeper to save it yeah really good clever little finish and the nice thing for me is he's backed up a really good performance last week at Bristol Rovers and a goal there of a, of a very different nature Ollie with a different type of finish and a different type of goal showing different characteristics that shows you that you know for all our worries about Faye you could start to maybe think okay maybe the club have, 
have thought we might have the same sort of player here that we can nurture and bring on and we can afford to let Faye go. So I'd like to see maybe three or four more goals between now and the end of the season for him and he'd have done really well in my respects for that. And um, yeah, just a very, sort of seeing more of his game as he plays more and more and maybe gets more and more match fit. Yeah, he's a different striker to Faye. Potentially has more in his True. arsenal. Um, yeah. He needs to score of 15 goals in a season obviously to kind of yes. reach that level of Faye. But in terms of his strength... Um, and I think he, he probably surprises defenders as well. You know, the defenders um, for Oxford are over six foot. They're like six foot five each. Um, but he offers them a different a different challenge. He's like a, yeah, he's, he's not a huge heavyweight, but he's pretty strong and um, he's really good at holding the ball up. And clearly all the, the, uh, the players really love him as well. Yeah, very popular. And we mentioned that last week. I mean, you know, it's not just the goal. We obviously give people credit for the goal. But outside of that, he, he, he did keep them honest the whole game. There was another one where he had a really good turn and shot from sort of, I think it was edge of the box, wasn't it? Um, which was was his genius chance. But overall, is is just his level of play and his um, energy is just really vital to the team if we're going to play this formation. So i got nothing but good things to say about him, to be honest with you. Um, in terms of just as, as the half went on, you know, before we get to, to Vela's red card, I, I have to say... In terms of someone sitting in there doing that role, he was doing it really well in that opening period. And when I compare it to how Goss has played that role, for example, or even Edwards when he sat back, none of them have been as good at it as maybe when we played Norburn there, who can do that role well. And I think with Norburn being injured at the moment, Vela looks like if he can come in and, and be a bit more, you know, not get sent off so much, but <laughs> he is—he seems to be doing that defensive midfielder role a little bit better than maybe most who've tried it this season, Lauren. Definitely. I thought he, he, the games I've seen him, he's looked really, really composed in the middle. And I think yeah. he's, he's given us that holding midfielder that we've missed that's given the opportunity for Lawrence and Edwards to pass back so it's it's filled that gap which at times this season um I think we've really lacked um the Tuesday night game a couple of weeks ago we missed that holding midfielder mm. I thought Lawrence tried but I don't think it's no. really his natural game and I thought he looked much better in those yep. opening 35 minutes this week having Vela behind him because Lawrence was back to pre-January transfer window best, I thought. Mm. I thought he had a really, really good game. Yeah, and, and Ollie, you know, we, yeah, I, I talked the other week about trying to forget about Anthony Grant, but, you know, more more he plays Vela, the more I, I have been impressed with him. Obviously, we've only got half an hour of it this week, but I don't know, what, what have you made of, of him in, in the defensive midfield role so far? I haven't seen a few games now. Yeah, I think he, he does well. Um, interesting, obviously, playing next to Edwards in those two yep. pivot roles. Um, he seems like a decent player. He seems quite smart. Um, not so smart, obviously, get sent off. But, yeah, I think he's looking <laughs> like a that. good player. Um, I think it will be interesting to see what he's like after a full pre-season um, and a bit longer with the team. But you would think, you know, him and, and, and Norburn together, that's a big engine room. That's a lot of that's a lot of energy, a lot of um, a lot of t- tough tackling and, and some good passing. So it would be interesting if those two do get the chance to play together together um yep. interesting you mentioned lauren um, we had probably one of the best bits of play uh, at this point in the in the game so after the goal we kind of i thought we continued with our possession game quite well um it was great lauren did a good um give and go with lang uh, and lauren um, lauren gets in the box and i oh, had a dear. few jokes saying this could be a bit of a pin post but um yeah i did tweet at this point and basically lauren just passed it to the keeper when he got in the box and he, I genuinely think he would be a championship player if he could just score, and he could have easily have scored eight goals a season, maybe even ten more. Yeah, I don't think you'd probably disagree with that, Lauren. No, not at all. I think his finishing has been uh, a little bit questionable at times, but he seems to be one of those confidence players that if he could just finish one, mm. then he'd probably go on and score a couple. But um, yeah, he's definitely... 
Interesting. He's going through it in the last few weeks. Some of the shots and finishes out have been atrocious. Let's be yeah. really honest oh, about it. But absolutely. hopefully, you know, we'll come out of that that form recently soon, Ollie. As we go into these tricky games now, maybe get one and and that will open the floodgates a little bit more for him. But yeah, it's it's not been great in terms of front of goal from having recently. Well, if he's going to do it, he's going to be doing it for maybe his, his next contract. So we'll <laughs> see how that one works out. It, it, it was it was funny. We were joking in our in our area when he missed that glorious chance. We were just talking about there that his agent was sitting in the stands and just pulled out the shoe town contract offer and started just checking the terms and conditions because in case no one else comes in for him but yeah who knows where he'll be next season but yeah, he'll get yeah. a lot of offers I think uh, I'm almost certain he'll get yeah. offers that'll be too good to turn down but I, I agree with you Ollie in this period uh, you know uh, it, we played really well you know after that opening five minutes between then and then in the red card we played some of the most decent to watch nice football at home for a really really long time it was entertaining it was attacking it was quite a good game in general I thought that our midfielders really got to grips with the game the defence looked solid the strikers were working hard it was just it just was building into this nice crescendo towards the second goal and and, you know you couldn't really criticise too much about it could you Lauren? No it was quite exciting to watch as well because it just they kept going and they got chances and a string of chances really that they put together and I just thought it was entertaining to watch but I think it was some probably the best football we've seen this season yeah. under Ricketts possibly <laughs> in terms of a first half performance where we just looked quite composed on the ball and co- confident really which we mm. haven't looked for quite some time but as we'll get to Ollie we're not allowed to have nice things at Shooting Football no. Club are we no. but yeah go on I mean you can run through some of those chances before the second goal yeah so there's a, I think it's just worth noting Oxford did still have chances there was a good save yes, from O'Leary from a corner and then Salop and break from defending a corner um and basically, Odo wins a corner after Lang plays him in. But um, yeah, it's a bit of just. Unfor- I feel frustrated for Cummings, and he went absolutely mental after this. But Should if Lang it, had yeah. just looked over to the right, he would have seen that Cummings basically was in on goal. Um, and frustrating opportunity for him there. Um, yeah, two good options in the Ollie on that one, yeah. and he picked the wrong one, unfortunately. Yeah, Definitely. he did. Nice turn and good shot from Odo again, showing that turn was absolutely superb. Um, yes. Similar to actually to the Bristol Rovers opportunity. Um, yep. But it turns and has a good shot and f- forcing a save um, from a keeper. And then also there's a really good effort from Vela, seeing that he can shoot as well. He added a, a shot crumb cross. Oh, that was a cross. A crowd, yeah. and, but the keeper had to make a save. Um, and we were unlucky to score there again. It almost crept in, didn't it? I thought it was like he was trying to play the slide rule ball. I actually thought it was a clever little pass. Um, and if you look at it, I think there's one player running in who almost gets on it. it all it needs is a, a slight touch, didn't it, Lauren? That's the advantage of playing three at the front as well with those yep. touches because they could spill the ball and get on it. It was nice to see him having a go and hitting it from outside the area, I think, which is promising because he looked it looked quite a, it, a good mm. shot, really. Yeah. And then we started to notice Oxford's behaviour, Ollie. Yeah, this was quite funny. So, so yeah, so Brown gets the ball in in their half, and he has a foot race with um, with Edwards for like a good fifty meters, maybe even seventy meters. It was a really, really long. Well, can't, no, can't be that long, but that far. But a really, really, you know, a good third of the pitch. Let's say that. Um, and then basically, he kind of gets into about into their into our final defensive third, and he decides just to go down. And I think he just thought the referee would be naive enough to give him a foul, um, and he didn't. And he seemed quite bemused. Um, and for me. There is one thing I saw some Oxford fans, you know, giving me some abuse. Um, I always just turn off the notifications for when you get those kind of tweets, so you don't really, get, <laughs> don't really see what they're saying. But um, and the one guy said, you know, we're not being naive. Yeah, there's one thing about not being naive, and we've mentioned this before as a team. Sometimes we can be too nice, and you know, mm. you don't you don't go down Darren when someone pushes you in the back. But there's being naive, and then there's just pure cheating, and this is where um, Oxford, and even an Oxford fan I know really well. He was critical of his team and he says that the authorities and the refs need to do more to stop it because it's becoming quite a, a bit of a theme of their play. 
Yeah, we've, we've talked a long time on the podcast, Lauren, and you've probably been listening to these episodes where we've talked about wanting town to be street smart. But as Ollie just says, there's a, there's a level between being street smart and then playing cheating. And, and I think that, for me, and I don't know whether you agree, Oxford probably did skirt the line about some of the diving that went on. Yeah, definitely. There was some time, There was some opportunity, well, chances when they went down in the box. Yeah. And you just thought, it, it's never a penalty. And you're just going down and I think... It's frustrating to watch because you'd rather them just play honest, to be honest. You yeah, know? and they're good enough to as well, probably, aren't Definitely, they? Definitely, the yeah. And it just spoils a good game, but, but I suppose the referee did that anyway. So. Yeah, and that's the, that's the frustration. You can dive as much as you want, Ollie, but it only really affects the game if the referee is naive enough to keep giving them. Yeah, and, and this referee at times, he, to be fair to me, he didn't, he didn't give this one as a foul, so that's one no. thing, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, where are we now? We're up to about 30 minutes in the game. Unfortunately, Pierre got to go off. He had a big strapping on his hamstring, so he's clearly had a, a bit of a niggle coming into the game. Um, and then Goldborn, yeah. the missing man, who we've been wondering where, he, where he's been, um, comes on and Beckles um, shuffles, shuffles over and to play left central defence with Goldborn playing left back. Yeah, two things on that. For me, this is where the game started to go wrong because Pierre is such a rock at the back for us and, and the guy that if you're going to play for at the back, you kind of build around. Um, you know, I know we went on to score pretty instantly, but for me, it was Pierre going off was massive in the game as well, Ollie. Um but yeah, Goldborn obviously came on, Lauren, and I think it was like 25 seconds to 30 seconds later, he was involved in the goal, wasn't he? So yeah, Goldborn played the ball to Lang, um, who did a lot, nice little sort of uh, kind of trick, sort of drag back type thing, and then he waited for the ball, nice turn and run into the box, and then shot across the goalkeeper, sort of wrong-footed him, and um, yeah, I think Goldborn would have been pleased with his contribution to that goal, wouldn't he? Yeah, first touch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, great start uh, when he came on. Um, it was it was a good goal, well taken goal, mm. and uh, nice to see Lang get one. Yeah, because obviously Ollie was scoring reasonably well for us when he first came. He wasn't. He got the injury, was out, missed him. I think you know again if we're looking at players, last three to four weeks we've probably started to see the best out of Lang again, haven't we? Post injury. Yeah, he was really good. He was a, he was um, yeah again. Um, 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 James from the D three D four podcast was was keen to kind of point out how effective Lang was. I mean, yeah. he's a really, really good player. Um, yes. You know, if, he, if he'd been playing throughout about getting the injury, yeah, he probably would have got more goals. And yeah, it's nice to see him get a goal because he works so hard. And yeah, this this role playing on the left flank cutting in is probably an interesting one. And, and it's probably good for his career as well that he's added another bow, um, string to, to his bow. Um, and it's a really, really nice goal. The, the touch and the composure to kind of just wait for the ball to come to him was absolutely superb. And he's right, and he, Ollie's right, Lauren. He's an adaptable player, isn't he, in terms of those forward roles? He seems he can play all of them. Absolutely, yeah. I thought he did really well, and he does well coming in from that side as well. And it yeah. just gives us a different dimension to our game that we're not just stuck with the five, four, one, or whatever it was playing before this. So <laughs> having three up fronts really works. And I think he's done probably the most consistent out of the three of them, really, but gets the hook quite early on, quite yeah. often. Yeah. You can see he's frustrated by that because I think he wants to play more 90-minute games. It'd be nice to see him stay on. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. He does seem to get... I think at first it was probably because of the fitness thing, but yeah. I think he's starting to come off less and less. But obviously, Saturday exactly. was a bit of a different to, one, wasn't he? it? But, but I think we'll be seeing 90 minutes out of him soon, Ollie. And that, you know, 2-0, it was great. I was just thinking, this is fantastic, you know. We, I think we might win a game by a few goals here. It was just a really nice buzz about the whole place, wasn't there? The atmosphere was great. Everyone was really enjoying their football. And then the football gods had to intervene to put everybody back in their place in Shrewsbury. And what happened next, all? Kick-off, long ball, <laughs> headed back, Vela and um, Oxford player, let's say, have an incident. And <laughs> the referee decides it's a second yellow and a red card. And 
Um, I don't know what you guys have thought. For me, I was um, flabbergasted that um, he was sent off. I was really surprised. One, it was a foul in the first place in real time. This is my reaction in real really? time. Okay. I was, in my reaction in real time, I thought, that's not a foul. And then, yeah, I was really surprised. I don't know what your thoughts was, Lauren. I didn't think it was a foul in real time, to be honest. I kind of, well, almost missed what was going on because I was looking mm. for where the ball had gone. Um Having seen it back last night as well, I couldn't believe how high the Oxford foot was. So I was quite surprised that it was a foul. To, I thought it was a foul towards it if it was a foul to anybody, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm a bit different, Ollie. On the day, due to my pessimistic nature of football, I um, <laughs> I thought, on a yellow card, it's, it's not worth the tackle. So I, I assumed that the referee had seen something that was warranting him to just have been slightly late. And in that situation, the referee is liable to just give a yellow card, particularly that referee. <laughs> when we talk about his overall performance, it was a risky challenge to make. Now, obviously, we've all seen... I've seen the replay back today. Ollie, you probably looked at it. I don't know if Florence had a chance to. It does look like the Oxford player possibly just got the ball first, and and then Vela is slightly late. So there is the merit to have had a foul that way. Then it is dubious as to whether it's a yellow card. It's incredibly borderline either way. But, again, I always use this phrase a lot of the time, Ollie. I kind of can see why, when someone's on a yellow card, he might have already given it. He might have given it the referee. But, you know, that's just me, and I doubt everyone will agree with that. Yeah, there was kind of like different stages to this kind of incident. So one was the Oxford player coming in. He he was his leg was basically straight out, really high boot when Lemvela was clearly going to kick the ball. So for me, there was a dangerous play there by the Oxford player. So I can see why Possibly, Lauren yeah. says it should yeah. be a foul. Now, if the referee didn't see that, and then he saw Lang basically try to kick the ball. No, sorry, Lang, sorry, Vela's kicked the ball. Vela didn't see the opposition player coming. He basically is just trying to clear a header that comes down and just basically try and kick it away. So I don't think there was any malicious or he tried to injure the player, which no, for me is is the for me is my understanding of a yellow card is you have to have caused some kind of dangerous play or you know to try and injure or you know to do something that's going to cause foul or do some kind of professional foul. For me, it was just a, uh, one of those fifty fifty events that happen in the course of the game. And if these those kind of incidents were always yellow cards, then I think every, every game you'd never finish with ten men. No. no. I one well, the interesting thing. Sorry, just going one more the thing. The kind of the third <laughs> phase for me was the referee was really really quick to give it a foul, and I've mm. got the sense that he was excited to send him off. He was so <laughs> quick to call it. It's literally within nanoseconds of it happening. It he was, was like, quick, he yeah. didn't take any time to assess the situation. He didn't take any time to kind of get opinion from any of his assistants around him. He just went straight for it. And um, and I got the sense that he was quite keen to send him off. Well, I mean, we, we can't bully around the bush about his whole overall performance as referee. He was a shit referee at the end of the day. I'm allowed to swear. But, um, you know, and this was another example of it from a huge point of view. And obviously the Oxford manager had his sound at the end of the game. For, for me, Ollie, I'm pretty pretty much agree with you but I, I just will go back to that point of saying on a yellow card if you are slightly late into any challenge even if it's by one second as soon as that referee has seen that they that his guys won the ball and he's very, an inch or a, a millisecond later he's got his more he's got his right to just march over there and give a red card yeah. even if he wants to give it quick and it, it just seemed if you if you come away from that one incident and you look a bit further out the way the play's building the defense are well set you know he could have pulled out of that and then tried to go with him and, and potentially it wouldn't have led to a one on you know one on one with the goalkeeper it, it was less than that and i don't know to me on yeah. it, it it just felt a little bit like silly really yeah there's one other thing to add and i think building on your the word silly there um no one's mentioned this and i kind of saved it for the pod i watched the first 35 minutes I watched the whole 30, first 35 minutes just to kind of get a sense and prep for the pod and <laughs> that's all right for once Ollie, because it was entertaining <laughs> it was entertaining vela did a bit of an elbow um, in about a couple of minutes before um, this incident. Mm. 
So I don't know whether that was playing on the referee's mind as well as that he was basically running on you know eggshells by this point. Yeah, possibly. Um, and yeah, and and interestingly, so yeah, we don't really know. And this is one of the situ- one of the situations for me where it would be really helpful if the referees come out and explained it because then we could actually learn a little bit more about the rules and why it was and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Would be really helpful. But I think maybe just to end it off before I hand over back to you guys. But it's really interesting that even Carl Robinson, who hates Shrewsbury, and I'll never forgive him for how how derisory he was about Paul Hurst's um, team when he was oh, on yeah. Sky. And my, Becky, my wife, was at home watching the game and she's sending me all these text messages saying that Carl Robinson's saying we're, we're this and that. And I even watched it back. He's always been really negative about Shrewsbury. But even he <laughs> said, I'd be disappointed if he was Sam Ricketts with that yellow card. So even Carl Robinson um, thought mm. we were a little bit hard done by there. Oh, it was unfortunate. The whole thing was unfortunate. And, and let's be fair, Lauren, it hugely changed the game didn't it massively changed the game yeah hugely changed the game and it was such a shame because we we were we were doing so well yeah i think it would probably have been a close game even at 2-0 up without the red card cause oxford looked they'd have come back into it at some point with 11 versus 11 but it just it really affected us and our and our formation and our structure because we had to make forced changes rather than sticking with how we started and how we'd done so well with that for that first thirty five minutes. Mm. And we weren't playing a poor team, as Lauren says. That it was they were a good team, Ollie, and that was that was the issue, wasn't it? In that it was ten men versus eleven good Oxford players, and and really the the real kick in the teeth, the thing that probably cost us in the long run. Looking back, obviously they've scored two second half, but conceding like we did just for half time was an absolute yeah. hellish thing for us really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And just, again, more credit for Ricketts because I thought the Mimler team made a really good change. They put a doe onto the left flank, put told Lang to play in, as you've said, his more natural 10 position. Cummings on the right. And I thought that worked really well. Basically, got basically lost the striker and basically kind of went to yep. a 4-2-3 formation. Um and I thought that worked really well. You know, the goal didn't come from, you know, from a tactical error. The goal came from, bless his little cotton socks, Williams fell asleep at the back post. Um, basically, yeah, yeah. a nothing ball forward um, behind him. He, again, this comes back to him playing in, in the fullback position, was kind of sleeping a little bit. Brown comes in, wins the ball and has a decent finish. And I've seen some people criticise Max, one, for his communication to Williams. Now, you don't actually know what he said to Williams or not, so it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a bit too harsh to say that, but I've seen some people criticise the fact that the ball went in at the front at the near post. wasn't a great goal, in, in all honesty, and Williams deserves his a fair share of criticism for it. But yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't, wasn't great, Lauren. What did, I don't know, what did you make of it? Uh, I was just hopeful that we were going to get through to half-time, because mm. we'd done well like you say, to change the formation and settle after losing Vela. And it was just, it was frustrating because you thought they could have got into half-time um, at 2-0 up, had chance to talk and see what they were going to do in the game plan, but it just changed the plan for the second half, really, having conceded. And it looks sloppy when you watch it back. Yeah, yeah it does. It in does. the highlights, it's not the best. It doesn't. It, it, it's, it was so frustrating, 2-1. It just, you just knew the whole... Tem- temperature of the game would change second half. That, that was the kind of vibe I got. I, I, going on, Max, just before we move on to the second half, Ollie, I think that a lot of people were critical of Max for that goal and maybe some other... Because it, overall, his game was probably the, the shakiest it had been for a while on Saturday. Like, he still made a couple of good saves at certain points. Like, in the first half near post, he made a good save. Some in the second half as well. But I, I, I think I would actually agree this week with some of the people who were a little bit critical of him. His communication wasn't good. He, he came out and did a few odd punches and his kicking was a little bit poor. His kicking was poor. Yeah, poor. for the first time in a long time, you could say that. He was battling Ollie. the wind, wasn't he, in yeah. the second half. But his kicking was poor. I don't know whether he was trying to put it lower mm. to avoid the wind. But there's been a 
a couple of games. I mean, I like Max. I think he's a great shot sh- he's great. shot stopper. Yeah. Um, but it, his kicking is letting himself down. And you think the keepers that we've had on loan that could go on and further their career, he's a bit shaky with that kick and he's got mm. to improve that because it's such a fundamental part of a goalkeeper's game for setting up the play, isn't it? Yeah, Ollie, yeah. We, you know, well, Dean yeah, Henderson's I don't the know. top. I think, yeah, Dean Henderson. For me, I think people are being a bit harsh. Dean Henderson is possibly going to go on to be one of the greatest <laughs> England goalkeepers of the last 40 years. And people are comparing um, players, goalkeepers, to potentially the best goalkeeper in the last 40 years. So mm. I think, I just I just get the sense that people are being a little bit too harsh, a little bit overly critical um, on Max O'Leary. He's a fine goalkeeper. He's a better than League One standard. And I think we've yep. just got really, really spoiled by having, again, England's, who could be England in a few weeks' time, England's number one goalkeeper. Mm. I think what it is, is after last week's podcast, Ollie, the the, uh, the groundswell of opinion of people following my Let's Play Harry Burgoyne chat has, has taken off and everyone wants to see Harry Burgoyne play, Ollie. Maybe it's that. I don't think so, really. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Ollie. I mean, he's, he certainly doesn't deserve to be dropped for anything that went on Saturday. But I, I would say, you know, of the recent games, it was probably one of the weaker ones he's had. But we've let three goals in. So what would you expect? People are always going to criticise a goalkeeper then. Um, as I said, it would have been good to get in at half time and, and, and sort of change things around. And obviously, we were obviously 2 1 at that point in time, but we still did change things at half time, Ollie. So um, Cummings went off for Walker. I imagine Cummings was probably pretty fuming to get subbed, to be honest with you, but luckily it was done in the changing room, so we didn't see any of that. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we talked about this earlier on, Ollie, didn't we, off the podcast, but you think that was real kind of gave up a, a fair bit of the middle of the of the park, didn't it, as soon as the second half kicked off? Yeah, I thought, I genuinely, I genuinely believe, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. That the formation we were playing um, at the end of the first half was the one to carry on with, and for me, putting Walker into midfield and oh, again, bless his cotton socks, he ain't a League One player, and he's really, he's absolutely really garbage. Sick. Well, we saw him at Ludlow. I genuinely think that you know, I would say I'm not um, as fit as I've been in my career in my life, um, and I genuinely think I could have done better than him playing against Ludlow, um, and, and he's just not League One standard, and for me. I don't know, he just unnerves me a little bit. I don't know if he unnerves the players, but for me, I thought we were fine having Edwards and Laurent in the middle of the park um, with Adeau and Cummings and, um, um, and Lang working hard in front of them. And I don't really think we needed to change it because the goal, as I said, didn't come from a tactical masterclass from Robinson. Mm. It was just a hoof forward. And I thought, I just know, I just think it was maybe a little bit too quick. And But I think it's fair to say, um, you know, we went in at half time, gutted. Um, but I think we were gonna. We knew we were gonna see attack v defence in the second half. Uh, that's what it was, wasn't it? I mean, to, for Ricketts, obviously we brought Walker on for Cummings, and, and he, he didn't at that point go five at the back quite yet. We did that on fifty-six minutes when Love came on, and we'll, we'll get to that sub in a minute. So he didn't. He didn't dispense with the four at the back straight away, which I suppose was was one good thing or bad thing looking back. Maybe going five at the back straight away might have gummed the whole game up for the whole way through. It, it's a, it's a difficult decision to make, but you know, Lauren, it certainly was a different game for that point. Was it was basically us defending. I think we maybe had one counter attack second half, but as an attacking threat, we just completely ran out of the game, didn't we? Absolutely, it it was all down our end, all down block 18's end, just Oxford onslaught, attack after attack yeah. after attack. Really, I think the bringing on Walker, um, <laughs> it just changed the game because it just made us so well. We had so much space in midfield. Oxford had so much space in midfield. And we just we were never going to create anything. No, no, you can't you can't really blame Ricketts for making these subs, though, can you? Because 
there's no manager in the world that wouldn't make defensive substitutions in this situation. And yeah, as I say, it got to 56 minutes then, Ollie, and then, sorry, between half time and 56 minutes, they batted us. We were lucky Absolutely. not, we were really lucky not to concede in that period. And then Ricketts had seen what it was going like, and then he thought, no, I really do need the five at the back then. Obviously, um, brought on Love, um, and then he went to, to right back, and obviously then we played the three centre backs, and uh, Goldborn at left back. And yeah, it, I don't know. I, I'm really dubious on this one. Should he have done that half-time and tried to just see the game out, you know, no goal second half, or was it worth the gamble of what he did with Walker and Cummins, Ollie? For me, I don't think going to five at the back was a good move either. Okay. Um, because when we did that, we pushed Laurent forward. So we've just taken our most athletic player mm. and put him up front. Well, why not keep him in the middle of the park to try and help us close down that gap? Because as soon as Laurent went up front... They just basically basically conceded midfield completely to them, and then we had, yeah. and basically then the the full the wing backs or full backs playing five at the back. I don't really, I don't know, I just don't really think that was necessary. I just thought the way that they play and they like having their like little quarterback getting all the balls and basically just springing it everywhere. I don't know, it just it didn't seem necessary. I don't think to go to five at the no. back. I thought, it's interesting. A lot of fans said that you thought that was a good move, but I don't agree on that one. I don't know. I think looking back on the context of the game, maybe doing it at half-time would have been better rather than having to change it twice in one half. But let's be honest, we went to five at the back and then conceded two goals pretty much straight away. So, yeah. Well, not straight away, but conceded pretty much straight away when we made that change. So it didn't really help. And the Oxford pressure was building and building and building. And, and the right and left wing-backs, as they were supposed to be when they came on, they were right and left wing full-backs, weren't they, Lauren? Yeah, they didn't really. They didn't provide us with any ball down the wings no. from the wing-back position. I think with making those two substitutions, with Walker coming on and uh, Love coming on, having already had to make the uh, substitution with Pierre, mm. it then left us with no other option. So you you were making mm. the two substitutions. You either needed to stick with Walker coming on and seeing how it go how it went, or go five at the back at half time because there weren't there yeah. wasn't any opportunity then to make any further subs yeah, later on enough. in the game. Yeah, it kind of did t- did take our options away from us. The Pierre injury, didn't it? Well, just just a quick one, Ollie. Was Goss on the bench on Saturday? Yes. So what? I really bizarre that he came. On I know, and Goss came on. and Goss is a much better player than Walker. Okay, Walker's Miles. got his height, but Oxford don't play the ball. Okay, they play the play belong to their strikers, but you know they don't really. They're not a lump it forward team. So and Goss is definitely. Well, I assume is faster than Walker. So yeah, I just <laughs> gotta be. I just Start. find it really, really strange. And yeah, unfortunately, Walker was involved um, in the in the play. So he was kind of nudged off the ball. It comes to their striker. Um, he basically gets the ball. Um, and basically cuts in and a superb shot. Um, not great from um, Shrewsbury Town from a defensive point of view, but sometimes <laughs> you have to put your hands up and say that was a really, really good strike. It was, fa- it was fantastic, wasn't it? You can't, I, can't, I can't really blame the finish. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. My, my my only yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it, was, it was annoying again to see just after going to the five at the back for me. But yeah, it was it was a good finish. I don't know. I, I've lost my. Train of thought here with the annoyance of remembering what's happened on this game. But go on, Ron, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say, I had a bit of a conversation about it on Twitter last night. I thought Goss would have been a better option than Yeah, Walker. okay, fine. Yeah. But that um, the guy who scored the um, Oxford goal, he'd only just come on the pitch as well, hadn't he? And he looked dangerous as soon as he came on. And mm. we just didn't know really how to handle him. But I thought that the whole build-up to that goal, looking back and seeing the highlights, was so frustrating because Walker just essentially got totally pushed off the ball. Yes. And didn't then even go to fight to get it back. And he just kind of stood there a bit 
bemused as to what had happened. Yeah. And it just it all it all went wrong. I mean, it was a great finish, and a great shot, but yeah, I'm assuming that's why they brought him on, Lauren. So I guess why you'd bring on Walker because you'd think he'd probably be better at heading, and yeah, it seemed to didn't seem to work, did it? Missed it. I, he missed it. Yeah, this is my. I, the reason I got so confused when we first started talking about this guy was I put my notes wrong on the agenda, Ollie. I've, I've written <laughs> here, Glynn, I've got no time for Walker. The ball was initially hoofed up in the air by Beckles before the second goal, and Walker was so weak. That's why I put in the agenda yeah. this week. And he was, like, yes. for a man of his size, Christ almighty, he could have put a bit more into that. And, and Lauren's completely right. I'm glad she picked up on it, but he just didn't even then try to get the ball back. And it was just so. Pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic, to be honest with you, for a professional League One player to be that inactive in a dangerous situation. So, you know, he didn't play well at all anyway during the game, but for this goal, it was just pathetic. And, um, yeah, I, I, I was... I was, I was Fearing us, yeah. At that point, when they scored the second, I was pretty convinced we'd lose. Ollie, the tide was turning, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's worth saying. Yeah, obviously, we were time wasting as the game went on. Um, I, yeah. I always think, Max. If, but I think I'm, if I was Max O'Leary, I'd be disappointed that I didn't get booked. Because if I was a, <laughs> a goalkeeper, my aim would be to get booked in this kind of situation. Um, he didn't we do it. We opened a book on what what minute he'd get booked, Ollie, but he didn't. He get didn't one. get one. No, he should have tried harder. <laughs> and as someone is really funny, actually, I don't know if you noticed this, but the bloody ball boys were a little bit too keen for my liking. <laughs> yeah. And then if you don't, if you noticed that the one who was kind of like more towards block nineteen, the steward spoke to the ball boy and told him to slow down. So we didn't throw, we stopped throwing the ball to Max O'Leary. So well done that steward for getting involved in the game. Um, yeah. Interesting comment at this point. Um, Sam Ricketts pointed out in the um, post-match, uh, at this point in the game, um, Carl Robertson had told him team to go for take the point. Oh, really? Yeah. We- yeah, well, that, see, I think that's interesting because, I, I again, when we were re- reflecting back on this game and we do the agenda each week, Ollie, I thought between their second goal and when they eventually won it, the, the the five at the back formation did start to gum yeah, the game up did, a little bit. It did it it did slow it down. It did keep them at arm's length. We we managed to slow the game down with the time waste that you mentioned. But we also were getting better at blocking Oxford. And we were attack. counter attacking so, a bit as well. A little bit. I say there wasn't much counter attacking. You you put the stat up of the XG this week, didn't you? Where after we get the red card, it's basically <laughs> it a just died. Line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think we could really say we did much counter attacking. <laughs> we did a off, bit think, though. A bit, yeah, but not. No, we didn't think we were going to score, but. Yeah, Ado did some really good hold up play and runs, um, a few little bits to get excited about. But yeah, it didn't, we didn't feel like we were going to score. But And I overall, I think at this point, I don't know what your thoughts were, Lauren, at this point, but I thought a draw would probably maybe be fair. Yeah, I thought we'd, if we'd have got a point, you'd have walked away quite happy given the yeah. context of the game and what happened. And it was just quite a sucker punch for them to then score <laughs> their winning goal in the 88th minute, considering we'd done so well to, well, 20 minutes to hold them out, really, hadn't we? Yeah. So it was quite. It was disappointing, and you did. You were gutted, and you praised their um, attempts when that final whistle. But it was so late on, really, wasn't it? We didn't learn anything from the Tranmere game, did we? About Not letting late goals, Ollie, and and obviously we only had ten Same men this much. time, so it was a bit more justifiable, I suppose. But yeah, two two home games in recent weeks where we've just thrown away stuff at the end of the game. It was disappointing, um, and it was absolutely, <laughs> um, and especially at this point in the game, I was getting really wound up by um, Oxford players just diving constantly, especially their right back long. It's really embarrassing that um, just pathetic, the yeah. way that they dived all the time, and then it was even worse at this point. The referee was just totally gone. He just Chambles. I don't know if he's got a crush on Robinson or something, but it was really <laughs> well, embarrassing the way that he was just basically just just doing everything in their favour and nothing was going our way. Um, there was one point where he, he gave us a foul. I think it was even a, a yellow card, and we haven't got into all yes. the moments. He, we could have spent ten minutes talking about all the errors he made, but it'd be quite a boring podcast. 
Um, but the pillock finally gave us um, a foul and gave them a yellow card, and the Shooter Town fans cheered like it was a goal. Went mental. Celebrated it. Yeah, like it, was a goal. it was one of the yeah the ironic cheers as, as it is then. But he was pathetic, Stockbridge. My brother, you know, who's been on the podcast a few times, regular listeners said he's on my list now. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's that many refs on his list, but he's on my brother's list now, and I think that's fair enough. He, it was one of the individually worst refereeing performances I've seen at the Meadow in my time, Lauren. And I think you can add it to those historic ones we all remember. Definitely. I mean, my dad and I had a chat about it last night when we were talking about the game, and we were talking about him and the fact that he's refed us quite a number of games this season hasn't he and he's normally really really poor but I think the difference was this game is he actually seemed to be very biased he seemed Mm. to be giving everything to uh, against us whereas normally he's just rubbish for both teams but (laughs) it it seemed to go a lot more against us this game than it ever had and he's certainly one that's on there that you look out for now and you think oh god not him again oh no it's a Trevor Kettle situation Ollie it's a Trevor <laughs> Kettle situation Deadman yeah um, but yeah he was, he was awful as we've just said and you know it, it does it doesn't give us the excuse for losing Ollie but it was part of the, the sort of narrative of the game wasn't it yeah it was it was poor and it was disappointing um, to concede and then to concede from a corner and again <laughs> a lot, lot of um, blessing them but little love fails to track his man Two minutes to go, 88th minute, and they get that winner. And it's nothing worse than seeing a bunch of um, opposition fans, um, yeah, having one of those um, fantastic last, almost last minute winners um, to get the three points and to keep their promotion push going. It must have been nice for their their fans, and they I'm sure they enjoyed that moment a lot. It'd be it'd probably one of those moments that we talk about, you know, like the Bristol Rovers Hurst. goal and all the Hurst yes. season. I'm sure this would be a moment they're talk about for a long time. And, and you know, if we're going to be nice and kind, um, fair play to them, I'm sure they enjoyed that moment. Yeah, and they're one of the better teams we played this season. Oh, yeah, they're one of the Oxford. best. They're... That's why it's so frustrating. If they're, you know, yeah. if they're like Wickham, let's take Wickham. Wickham are a terrible football team, you know, they don't even pass the ball. But Oxford are a really, really <laughs> good passing football team. They've got some really nice they players. Were nice. They're yeah. really good, at, um, technically brilliant. They've had a great FA Cup run. Um, you know, they play really, really good stuff. So for me, that's just why you kind of just are probably more critical of them is because they are a pretty good side. Mm. Yeah, I was impressed with them, to be fair. I mean, obviously their fans ran on the pitch when they scored, which uh, is, is always fun to see. But who were a bigger bunch of morons, Ollie? The Oxford fans were running on the pitch when they scored, or the two Shooter Town fans that ran on the pitch at the end of the game and tried to run straight at the Oxford fans for a fight? I, I you know, I got, I got no time for Banned that. For I, if, whatever, Banner. couple of years Agreed. at least. Totally morons. agree. Fuck, it's pathetic. I almost swore then. It's, it is pathetic when people run on like that. So, what are they going to do? Fans... <laughs> what are they going to do? Just <laughs> moronic. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, you hope that they were drunk because if you do that sober, oh God knows what you're all about. But um, yeah, that wasn't a great way to end the game there. Seeing seeing some idiots do that. But there you go. We'd we'd lost, and I don't know. My my overall view on kind of the the situation, and we can kind of talk about this in the round now. Is we've changed this formation. It's getting one good result, then it's getting one bad result, then it's getting one good result, and it's getting one bad result. You know, it seems to be that's the pattern at the moment, and it is more entertaining to watch overall. This is a bit of a weird one because of the ten men situation, but. You know, it, it is getting to that point where, yes, right, Ricketts has made that little step forward now in being flexible and changing the tactics. But we still want to see maybe a couple of wins back to back or a win, draw, win, something like that. A little good bit of run of formula on, don't we? Just to show, show us going into next season, that's what we can look forward to. We really need to see that before the end of the year, don't we? It just give us some hope for next season, yeah. wasn't it? I think, you know, at the moment we are just waiting for the season to end, aren't we? <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's not been the best and I think... The fact that he's made the change and we've done well in the games that we've done well, mm. um, I think yesterday would have been that chance to possibly put a back-to-back result together. Yeah. But the, unfortunately, what happened with the red card affected the game and it would just give you that hope for next season 
if we could get a couple yeah, of wins yeah. back to back. And we've and got a tough run now as well. Yeah, it is tough, isn't it? And Ollie, you know, we still haven't won three consecutive league games under Ricketts, and we've rarely won two. And it is a little bit of a of a, a little thing he needs to fix. Because I was looking back at stats, you know, it never happened to Askew. He was only here seventeen games, but you know, it happened under Hurst, it happened under Turner, it happened under Mellon, it happened under pretty much every manager that we've had in the New Meadow era. They've won at least three league games back to back. All right, not all at League One level, that's fair. But it would be a nice one to sort of get a monkey off his back, wouldn't it? I mean, we're miles off that at the moment, but it's just something to think about. Two games would be fine. Yeah, I think about being too negative. We've been moaning about a lack of entertainment. He's given us that now, um, and we're going to win go some. There. We're going to win some and lose some. Um, and we yeah. are playing against some of the better teams in the league, um, and Oxford are one of the best teams in the league. So you have to try and balance it up. I guess the question yeah. is going to Lauren's point about next season. You know, we want to know what's the strategy, what's the plan. You know, we we talked there was a big talk, obviously, from Sam Ricketts in that meeting. We we're fortunate enough to attend to talk about it. it was going to be three at the back and all this kind of stuff that hasn't worked. I think we're just really keen to understand what the plan is, and hopefully, we're mm. you know, if we're not going to play four at the back next season, then this is just more dead time. Um, but just an interesting one on... <laughs> Buy of, wingers! Yeah, well, yeah, well, obviously Warley coming back would be a great um, addition. You know, if you've got Ado, um Lang and Warley, that's a dangerous um, attack. Yeah. Um, especially if you had Norburn playing with Lawrence and Vela in field. That's a really, really good team. A team that could maybe even be fighting on the coattails of the playoffs. But be interesting to see where we get to. Mm. Just one kind of discussion I'd like to have about the team at the moment is we keep being joking and calling it all Pulis, playing four central defenders. And I think it's worth just kind of noting that the central defenders playing at fullback um, this week cost us a bit. Williams, um, you know, all, all fullbacks. One is obviously Ricketts rates Beckles and Williams more at fullback than our, our kind of qualified fullbacks, which says a lot about mm. them. And for me, I just, and it was really interesting, a really interesting observation from um, a chap called Cole, who's Block and Florette on, on Twitter. And he sits in block four. And he sits behind the dugout and he could said he could hear Barrow and Pitts basically observing the game behind him. And he noticed as they kept talking about Williams' position and he kept Williams kept getting feedback on his positions. He didn't seem to agree. So clearly <laughs> it's something that's working, but it's not really working that much at the moment. No, but then, you know, is Love really all that good? You know, he's had some good times playing and, and Goldborn's been good in the recent weeks, but then, you know, he's had times where he's not... It's, you know, the competition is not exactly fierce in that position. It says a lot a about Ramsey, he's been loaned from yeah. Southampton. Yeah. Is he even on the bench? I don't I can't remember if he's on the bench on Saturday, but yeah, he's not He's not had a sniff in the last couple of games, has he? But, yeah, I don't know, Ollie. It's, it is an interesting discussion. It'll be interesting if he if he persists with it, but, you know, it is a, it's a 50-50 toss-up for me at the moment, Lauren, about who plays there. I'm not really too fussed. No, and you could have changed it anyway, couldn't you? I mean, he decided to put Omar... Omar into the middle yeah. yesterday and bring Goldburn on. You could argue that would it have been better to put Williams mm. into the centre and bring Love on if you yeah. had to make that yeah. change. Pierre is the key to that 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 defence, isn't it? And if you mm. haven't got him, it makes it we, rocky. We could really do with him not being injured for about six weeks on yeah. at the moment in time because yeah, that'll important. make things ropey. Yeah, it would be bad. And I think actually, you know, bringing Goldburn on was I think I think he's the better of the fullbacks. I thought that was a good decision. And playing Beckles mm. in the centre is fine. He's in better um, form. Yeah, and just to kind of comment in terms of um, Ramsey wasn't on the bench. Um, Harry Burgoyne okay. was, but and yes. Canton was on the bench as well. Which I think if we were probably winning two 0 with 10, 10, 15 minutes to go, maybe he would have come on. Game. Yeah, not not. Yeah. I'm talking about Canton, not Burgoyne. He's not going to play. Get them both on, Ollie. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw Chelsea one were sort of freeing up against Everton today. They brought on an array of young kids that I'd never heard of. So it tends to happen at this time of season, doesn't it? With the seasons ebbing out. But I don't know. We'll just wrap this pod up, all. Um, yeah. Top three. I I went for um, a doe. 
um, because we talked about how good he was. I've gone for Lang. I think we've kind of covered all of his positives. I went for Edwards third. Um, we haven't really talked about him very much, but again, another very disciplined role for particularly after the red card where he just knew what he needed to do, sit in, trying to break things up. Um, he had a few of those passes and touches that didn't really go where they went to. But I thought, again, whenever we get in a tricky situation, he seems to be one of the, the players that will stand up to be counted for and, and deserve some credit. So that was my top three, Ollie. Yeah, mine was slightly the other way around. Ado first, okay. Edwards second, um, Lang third. Um, Lauren, who did you go for? I went for Udu, Edwards, and I thought Laurent as my third as okay. well because I just thought... It, so you, couldn't really much of a difference between Edwards and Lawrence in terms of their yeah. um, effort on Saturday. So yeah, I went for those three. Cool, brilliant. So what did um, Sam Ricketts have to say? Um, he said that on the red it was our foul, um, and yeah, he was a bit bemused by the fact that we had a player sent off, and he talks about the yeah this, the high boot that we mentioned. And when asked about the ref, he just said wow, and he talked talked about how inconsistent he was. Um, and then in terms of a doe, he thought he was absolutely <laughs> superb, outstanding, and he was he pleased was. for Lang to score. And he also had some positive words for Cummings as well, and he polished him at half-time when he took him off. Um, and yeah, um, again, he's just said he was disappointed for the players and the fans um, not to get the result. And um, and just, yeah, obviously we ended on a bit of a negative here, but it was interesting. I was chatting to Chris Hudson and Callum at half-time, and you know, we were all really buzzing, saying you know, it was really attack, attacking, um, attacking, entertaining football and probably one of the best halves we've had all season um, in terms of our attacking play it's just a shame we didn't, mm. we didn't, couldn't get the three points and it didn't quite work oh, out this week the whole thing was a bit of a kick in the balls wasn't it and yeah, uh, yeah it doesn't get any easier Ollie I think it's, we've sort of done a lot on this game we'll roll straight into looking at our predictions Ollie because to be fair you went for 2-2 I thought I was going to get the 15. points I was hoping we were going to hold on and then I was going to smugly say to you Glenn mm. I've got the points but yeah it didn't, didn't quite happen no, and I went for 1-1, so we both went for a draw, and neither of us got any points this week, as per usual this season. So we'll look at the next game, which is pretty tough, yep. considering how they're playing and where they are in the league, which is Coventry away, um, away from where they play away, at away at Birmingham. <laughs> so uh, Coventry and Birmingham, I should have just said. Yeah, so um, yes, it'll be an interesting game. I, it's nice to be able to sort of uh, go to St Andrews. Um, I unfortunately can't go. I've been saying for weeks I was going to go. I've never been to St Andrews. It was going to be one of those ones I could tick off my list. And I totally forgot I'm going to a christening on Saturday. So I guess you'll be there, Ollie. And, and I know Lauren's talking about getting a ticket. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't got a ticket yet. I'm thinking of going. I've been there before. I went to go and see Birmingham versus Newcastle randomly once. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I plan to go. And you're going, Lauren? Yeah, I plan to go. I think I went with uh, Shrewsbury a couple of yeah. years ago in the League Cup when we played Birmingham there. So it's not a new ground, but um, looking forward to going... That's, it's close, isn't it? It's a local game, so it'll be good to go and see. But do fear a little bit against a good Coventry yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> well, go on, then you can start us with a prediction. What do you think the score's going to be next week? I don't know. I'd be happy if we could get a draw, but I'm not sure. 1-1, one, 2-2? One, two, yeah, two. I'll go for 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'm going to go for us to lose uh, 3-0, Ollie. 3-0. I'm pretty sure Coventry are going to absolutely smash us because I think Pierre won't be fit and I think the defence will be a bit shambolic without him. I, I could I will Just also say this. I also think that Ricketts will revert to five at the back. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah. You can't you can't say revert back because um, that's wrong well, grammar. But as Lewis Cox pointed out to me, well, mate, but, you know me. Revert, re, incorrect grammar is what I live I on. I guess that so was your fine. kind of your um, IP. Um, but um, <laughs> in terms of, I'm sorry, your your unique selling point. But yeah, for me, I'm going to go for two 0 <laughs> defeat as well. Um, it's yeah. not going to be. A good one, I think, and especially we're we are losing some key players, which is uh, which is frustrating. Not um, great. But to end on a high, Glenn, just talk about South Stand. Um, I've donated. What are they doing? Yeah, 
Yeah, I will. I will donate next week. I haven't got round to it with a busy weekend of, of looking after children despite going to the football. Um, yes, I will donate in the week. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the, the the stuff about it, and um, I haven't had a chance to catch up with um, Justin Gill, who obviously leaves these things. But yeah, they're, they're raising money again, much like they did for the flags that they had in the South Stand, which, to be fair, every week looked fantastic. All the different ones of the of the players and managers we've had. But this is to do a tifo, which you, you've been to German football, haven't you? I think you've yeah. talked about this before. Isn't it a bit more of a German thing? You know, German Italian banners and yeah, yeah, so like a big kind kind of um, moving kind of um, I don't know mm. how to describe it yeah it's, it's, it's hard it's hard to describe but yeah if you're not sure what it is guys just search TIFO on Twitter or something like that especially German football and you'll see these kind of like big kind of graphics and moving things to kind of create some kind of visual um, so it'll be interesting to see what mm. they can do yeah so yeah I think it's I think what they do there is good and it is generating a, a, a decent atmosphere in a different part of the stadium I think overall especially the bigger games it does help doesn't Lauren I know you're a block 18 19 girl so yeah. you've got your, your vibe down there as well but I th- you know for us me and Olive talk about this a lot it's always worth asking other fans but having the two sets kind of does help I think doesn't it sometimes I, th- I think it works it makes a good atmosphere particularly on those big games but I think it's yeah. also improved the atmosphere at away games as well true actually I think it's had a big impact on away games because there's certainly a lot more pl- not more fans mm. travelling no. and they seem to be from possibly the south stand I don't recognise them from block up like the yeah. west stand but it, it's improved that as well which I think is good for the club but it's that younger generation of fans as well isn't it that yep. are getting involved and making it their own I suppose with the safe standing which is positive for the yes, club it's a unique selling point isn't it and if it gets the young lads interested in supporting our club in a slightly different way and, and it, I'm all for it to be honest with you so yeah it'd be good to see what they, they do get out of it I'm hoping for a Jermaine Grandison banner of some kind to be displayed across the stadium Ollie so if that happens I'm happy to contribute <laughs> so yeah nice to end the week on a positive I guess <laughs> yes, that's that's all I've got really though, Ollie. <laughs> so that's the only positive I could think of to put in there. But yes, let's let's look forward to Coventry. You never know. It's football and um I will be gutted to not be there, but I shall probably have a, a earphone in in a church as I usually do in these situations and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the game. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Lauren for joining us this week. It's been great to have you on and you're more than welcome to come back sometime. So thanks, thanks very much. No problem. And um yes, we will be back next week when we're on. Yeah. Cheers guys. Thanks for listening. Oh!